0: is the judge of the universe dealing with your sins. That would be what we often call punishment. It is the judge of the universe dealing in a a legal way, if you will, with our sins. Chastening is your heavenly father leading you to grow in your life. And they are not connected. Your sins were judged at the cross. But you are chastened every day. I want you to understand, I'm afraid sometimes in in talking about chastening, we define it as much too big of an event. In other words, it's something that we face all I was chastened like that happens like once every six months or so. No, I believe that the growing Christian should expect to be chastened every day. I believe that the growing Christian should expect to be chastened in big and smaller ways many times every day. They say, well, how do you know... If it's if what you're going through is chastening, I think that the Spirit of God will teach. In fact, I know that the Spirit of God will teach you and show you this is God chastening you. Now let's 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 illustrate chastening a little bit. Not the chastening that you face from your heavenly Father but the chastening that every child receives from a good parent, all right? There are certain things that that parents and children communicate that are very private, very personal, and the child understands this is my parent reminding me to stay in line or to get back in line or to knock it off, I think a good parent does that as privately as possible. I think it's a it's a personal thing, and uh, I don't. Uh, for for example, I've never liked and I've never wanted to be the parent that instructs his child in front of other people the way he ought to do it in private. In other words, you're you're introducing your child to somebody. And because you have failed to properly train them in private, you want to show that person what a great parent you are. So you say, stand up straight like I've taught you to do and put your hand out and uh, give a firm handshake and say your name clearly like I've taught you to do. Well, if you've taught them to do it, you don't have to do it in front of those people. But sometimes we want to put on this show because we know we have failed in private, so we do this public thing. I think a good parent takes care of it in private. I also, I know for sure that the good parent is not that one in the aisle at Walmart who's just, you know, having a a slap fest with their kid in front of the whole world. And uh, to me, and, and praise the Lord, none of our kids ever threw fits. In fact, we taught our kids this little phrase called no fits. And uh, no fits was, to, to violate no fits was a little bit painful. And so uh, no fits, right? No fits was a mild threat. What does no fits mean? It means exactly what it says. Do not throw a fit. That means in church. That means in the store. Uh, we, and, and by the way, even in the car. It's not about there being an audience there to see them. It's about you're not going to behave this way. You're not going to be one of these kids that just when they when they want something and they don't get it they're going to be no, 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 we're not we're not going to you're not going to be that kind of a person. You're not going to be a happy person. It's not about inconveniencing me. It's you're not going to grow up to be a happy stable person if you're the kind of a kid that just throws a fit all the time. So we dealt with that by teaching them this this phrase: "No fits," and that meant you control yourself. If you don't control yourself, it's going to hurt a little bit. All right. So this is this is chastening. It's not about punishment. Punishment would mean that we're setting up cord at the house. And uh, we're going to bring out the law and the judge is going to prevail and, you know, swing the gavel and say, what are the charges against the four-year-old? You know, Uh, that would be punishment. That's not what child rearing is about. It's about chastening. It's about letting them know, hey, I'm going to slap your wrist before you touch the hot stove so that you don't have a permanent scar from touching the hot stove. I'm going to chasten you so that you, you don't do the things that will harm you and so that you have self-control, all right? So these these are uh, matters of chastening. And if we're going to grow as Christians, if we're going to be disciplined, if we're going to honor the Lord, if we're going to be transformed from who we are to being like Jesus Christ, it's going to take some chastening. And there's going to be some times, I think on a daily basis, where God reminds us, no, we don't do that. So we'll give some examples. i got to be honest, honest with you. I, I struggled to find some examples. And then when I identified one, I'd say, no, that's way too personal. I'm not going to share that with everybody. But I think if you think about it and you ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Show me when I'm being chastened. Let me give you just a random possible example. I'm not sure this has ever happened to me. Maybe it has and I didn't realize it. But you're battling with controlling your tongue. And you notice that uh, when you don't control your tongue, when your tongue flows freely and you just say whatever you want about other people, man, I keep getting these canker sores. <laughs> so what is that? That uh, It may be God saying control your tongue or I'm going to make your tongue hurt that's a silly example I'm not sure that is a silly example I'm not uh, sure that God doesn't work that way in our lives but if you ask God Lord I pray that your Holy Spirit would show me when I'm being chastened because it's a very spiritual thing can I can I ask you this don't let yourself fall into the trap of saying things like oh God got me because now what you're doing is you're taking chastening and you are using it as an accusation against God. Like, yeah, you know what? I didn't read my Bible today and I had a flat tire on my way to work. God got me. There's, I think there's so many things wrong with that statement right there. I think chastening, and I can say from, from disciplining my children when they were very small, and I know this sounds crazy, but it brought us closer together when we walked out of our bedroom which is where we did our discipline when we walked out of our bedroom with one of our kids i think they knew number one daddy did that daddy had to do that he couldn't he couldn't ignore what i was doing see because we we it wasn't just about a slug fest. There was no slug fest. There was no physical abuse. It was about making sure that my children knew that disobedience hurts. And daddy still loves you, and we're gonna walk out of here. You may cry a little bit, but we're gonna, we're gonna walk out of here uh, loving each other, but disobedience is always gonna hurt. Lying is always gonna hurt. Talking back to your mother is always gonna hurt and and doing it consistently and when when you do it consistently i believe it endears the parents to the child in the heart of the child and the same thing is true between your heavenly father and you you ever look at other i know you do because all christians do this we try to live a disciplined life and you look at your saved neighbor or i'm sorry your unsaved neighbor your unsaved co-worker and you go man they get away with murder if i ever did that i would be in trouble with god so fast now after you say that after you make that observation do you stop and thank the lord for loving you so much that he doesn't let you okay my kids have occasionally, when they were small, made the observation that in, in you know, maybe lighter times, uh, man, those kids, if we ever did that, if we ever did that, well, what they understand is we're raising you to have a better life than that. I don't know what those kids' lives are going to turn out to be, but it's not going to be great if they can always act like that and get away with it. You're not going to get away with nonsense like that because we're preparing you for a more enjoyable and a more fruitful life than than what those kids are being prepared for. And the same thing is true in your relationship with God. God is taking you somewhere. He is making something of you. And so when, when he disciplines, when he doesn't let you get away with things that other people clearly get away with, understand either they're not saved and God is not their heavenly father or they are saved but they are you know uh, a kid can still be someone's child but they run away from home they don't get disciplined and if I'm saying while they're out on the road maybe when they come home they do but I'm saying uh if you're gonna if if you're gonna go and and completely disregard your parents you're gonna. You're going to do what you want to while you're out there, like a kid does when he's at school, you know, uh, he, he can do what he wants out there and not get in trouble for it. I'm saying, when you compare your life with lost people, well they don't have a Heavenly Father, or carnal Christians who aren't even trying. They're so distant from God. They're living outside of, and by the way, what they have coming is punishment because they have chosen to live a life of being punishment. And I don't necessarily mean that God's going to come down on them. I mean that when you play with sin, sin gets you. It's not that God gets you, sin gets you. Sin brings its own punishment. But you're trying to please the Lord. You're trying to grow in grace. You're trying to live a holy life. You're trying to live a life so that when you see him face to face, you hear him say, well done. Therefore, you're going to get maybe a loving smack on the wrist that the lost guy and the carnal Christian is not going to get. And that ought to endear our hearts Uh, And dear God to us in our hearts. All right. If you were to do an intense study of the text that we just read, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 13, I think you could come up with all kinds of wonderful truths about chastening. But I want to give you four. I want you to notice four things tonight about chastening, about the blessing of chastening, and... If you will ask the Lord to show you in your life, God, show me when I'm being chastened. Help me identify this. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that are just my, you know, my stupid mistake. You, you know, you're, you, you, um, whatever. You you leave the gas nozzle in the tank and you drive off, and you rip the thing out of the out of the the hose out of the pump. Oh, see, God's chastening. No, he's not. You're just stupid, (laughs) okay? Um, But when things happen that are related to what you're struggling with, and you ask the Lord, Lord, show me when I'm being chastened. Show me when you're steering me away from the things that are hindering me. And you will come to appreciate the blessing of chastening. Four thoughts about chastening from Hebrews chapter 12. First of all, chastening is a necessary part of your personal fight against sin. Look at verse number four. We have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. Now, it doesn't say chastening in there yet, but as you read the whole context, you see he is steering the conversation towards the subject of chastening. And this is his transitional statement. And he says, You have not yet resisted uh, unto blood striving against sin. So if you're going to fight sin in your own life, and I hope you are fighting sin in your own life, I hope there's still things that you're learning to say no to. I hope there are things that you used to say yes to that now you're saying, You know what? I really can't do that. That's not helping me in my walk with God. And chastening is a necessary part of that effort. Do you have things in your life that you find yourself saying, I need to stop that? I need to, or I need to get that under control. Maybe it's not sinful things. Maybe it's just things that aren't helping you, and say, and so you say, you know what? Instead of participating in this all the time. I'm I'm going to have limits and boundaries on this thing. Or maybe there's some things in your life that do need to stop. We um I listen to podcasts and uh not not, not uh, a lot because every time I figure out how to use them, I upgrade my phone and the formats changed and it I can't figure it out. So uh, I'm in a can't figure it out mode right now. But I still do my best to, uh, to whether while I'm uh, working to have something playing, uh, you know, just uh, mindless kind of work, like just, just uh, no thinking kind of work to have one playing. Sometimes while I'm driving, sometimes uh, as I fall asleep, I, I play a podcast and uh, they're, they're helpful. Some of the podcasts that I have subscribed, what you do with these things, if you don't know, is you, you subscribe to them and then every time, our church podcast, if you subscribe to our church podcast, every time one gets loaded up on our end, you receive it on your end and then it's there ready for you to play whenever you want to. And one of the podcasts about a year and a half ago, uh, we discovered a podcast that was really kind of funny. It came out once a week and it was by a, a Christian comedian. And uh, we've listened to them as a family, and the kids go off to school. We listen to, you know, Amy and I listen to it, and it's entertaining, it's fun, it's insightful because it is a, frankly, a a um, uh, a pop culture crowd. So we get a little bit of insight into, you know, some of the crazy thinking there. Uh, but we do it for the for the humor, the value. But I got to be honest with you: the more we've listened to them over the last year and a half the more we've noticed the tendency that to, to, to really push the limits, to just see how far they could go, uh, you know, without, without too much pushback. And um, so I've been feeling more and more like, you know what, this, this needs to go. This needs to go. And finally, I think it was Thanksgiving. We were riding home. I think it was just me and, and uh, Joe and Amanda in the car and I was playing one of these podcasts and a guy said something that was just absolutely way over the line. Christian guys, way over the line. And I shut it off right away and I didn't want it because, hey, have, we've all been here, haven't we? It was funny. It's, I don't mean what he said. What he said wasn't funny. I'm talking about the podcast as a whole. It was an hour of, of good laughs once a week. But this was so far over the line that I just, I had to let the kids know I'm unsubscribing from that. I hope there are things in your life, you know, sometimes we we won't admit that there's things we shut off or get rid of because we think it's sort of an admission of sin. Listen, if, if you're growing, there, there are things from time to time that have to go. There are things because while we're getting more and more like Christ, we are becoming less and less compatible with the world, not to mention that the world is getting more and more not like Christ. Christ. So we're going this way. The world's going this way, and every now and again, and maybe more than every now and again, things have to go. I remember Dr. Williams t- what, uh maybe a time or two ago that he wasn't this last time, but maybe last year or the year before, uh, he he picked on one of my f- one of my favorite things. He said, "You know, Mrs. Williams and I were uh, we were watching an Andy Griffith's show." And I'm going, "Oh, don't pick on Andy Griffith." And he said, you know, one 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 time I just said to her, I said, you know, this is uh this is Barney kissing Thelma Lou. They're not married. Andy's kissing whatever his girlfriend's name is. I can't think of it at the at the Miss Crump. He's kissing Helen. They're not married. And he said, this is not what we stand for. So we said, we're going to, we're going to stop watching this Um Well, the Spirit of God hasn't spoken to me about that. God bless you. You Maybe when I'm 80 years old and I'm this close to God, I'll have to turn it off too. But there are things from time to time that the Spirit of God says, you want to become more like Christ? It's got to go. It's got to go. By the way, when God deals with me about something, he may not have dealt with you about it, so I'm not going to be your judge What's the matter with you? You're still looking at that? You're still listening to that? What's the matter with you? You know, it's sort of like, did you ever have, well, this may not be in Connecticut, but in New York State, we've got that inspection sticker, and uh, your inspection, your car has to be inspected every year, and you've got a, a sticker on your windshield. And when that thing expires, I don't know about anybody else, but I always get an extra month or two out of that, you know what I mean, after it's expired, especially if the color hasn't changed yet. And, uh, hey, if, if you can get it done like like December, January, when the color changes, and go into January, you get a whole another year out of that thing. Anyway, um, so if you're not in New York, you only know what I'm talking about. But Steve, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. But Steve knows what I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, oh, but you get you get this um, post inspection Phariseeism, and what that is is you know while you're while you're expired. You're sneaking around. You see that uh, Putnam County Sheriff, you know, and you're going, oh, you know, because they're, they're Barney Fife, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're looking to bust you. And uh, you're scared to death every time you see a cop when you're expired. But as soon as you get that new sticker on, you start looking for violators. Ah, look at that guy. And if we're not careful, we're, we're the same way in our, you know, the Lord convicts us about something. Man, that's got to go. You gotta get that out of your life. That's not helping you any. And so you let it go. Now all of a sudden you spot another people's life and you, ha What's the matter with you? You you wicked sinner. No, no, no. That's not what it's about. Romans chapter 14. We ought to be familiar with Romans 14. You deal with the things that God's dealing with in your life. So chastening is a necessary part of your personal fight against sin. Verse 4 says that clearly. N- another thought: chastening is an expression of your father's love. Look at verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Can I say it this way? If you're enduring chastening, it's because God is dealing with you as he deals with his sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth Not. You should not be scared if you keep getting that slap on the wrist or maybe even that whack on the backside from God. You should be scared if you're not getting it. You should not be concerned if you find yourself thinking, man, you know, I work with these guys. They say they're saved. They drink they party, they they participate in the lottery pool, they have a lousy testimony at work, you know, they got tattoos all over their arms, they smoke weed, but everybody, they tell everybody they're saved. Why do they get away with that? And yet, here I am trying to please the Lord, and I feel convicted. By the way, can Holy Spirit conviction is part of chastening? I feel convicted, you know, if I... If I step out of line a little bit, you shouldn't be concerned or scared that they're getting away with stuff and you're not. You should be concerned when you do start getting away with stuff. Because now you're living a carnal Christian life and you say, uh, wait a minute, I don't even feel convicted about that. Well, now you're in trouble. Now you're in a dangerous place. Now you're, you've made yourself sort of an orphan. You've run away from home a little bit. No, but when you're feeling conviction because you stepped out of line a little bit, God's dealing with you as he deals with sons. He loves you. And he doesn't want you to get comfortable with sin because sin will destroy you. So chastening is an expression of your father's love. Next observation, chastening, I love this. And this is actually what originally inspired the message tonight. Chastening enables us to partake in God's holiness. Look at verse number 10. For they verily, talking about human parents, they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. We already talked about that when we read the scripture passage. But he, God, chastens us for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. I have a hard time reading that without getting a little choked up. God wants me to be a partaker in his holiness. Now, this really is not the important point, but let me say it just to give you peace, all right? If you do interact with those pop culture Christians that just seem like they can do whatever they want and still call it Christianity, this is what they're missing out on. They are not partakers in this holiness. And by the way, as you read down here, you see it says, without holiness, no man shall see God. And as I've said many times, I don't know all the implications of that. I know it doesn't mean you won't go to heaven if you're not perfect because that's not what... Salvation is, but it does mean something. It does mean something. And I am confident that we, when we get to heaven, it's going to matter to us whether or not we have allowed ourselves to become partakers of his holiness. Can, can I say this, at least mildly, that most of 2018 Christianity, and I know 2018 Christianity is only seven days old, but I remember one time, we were uh, Brian North was home, and I had him preach on a Sunday night, I think. And it was like the third day of January. And uh, he said, you know what's wrong? I don't know what year. Let's say 2015. You know what's wrong with Christianity in 2015? I leaned over to him. I said, wow, that happened fast. Three days, and it's already gone to, into the toilet. But, um, but you know what I'm saying. Most Christians in 2018 Christianity, do not even comprehend what the average member of Northeast Baptist Church enjoys. What are you talking about? Partakers in His holiness. There are things that you enjoy as a partaker of God's holiness that people who are saved but they make no effort towards holiness that they don't enjoy. Holiness is such a wonderful, sweet, sacred word. And if you are not chastened of the Lord, you do not enjoy, you are not a partaker of his holiness. If you don't know what I mean when I say partaker, when the Bible says partakers of his holiness, I hope you get hungry for it and seek the Lord but there's a lot of folks in this room that when when the bible says partakers of his holiness you say, "man, I'm not 100% there, but I'm going that direction and I know what it means and praise God for it." Living a life where I know that I I live in God's presence. Listen, God okay, I'm I'm going to say this not to indict but to help you appreciate what you have, all right? God doesn't let the smoking, drinking, gambling, partying, saved person. And yeah, there's saved people that do that and they're okay with it. God doesn't let that person just wander in and out of his presence. It doesn't work that way. I think that's a part of without holiness, no man shall see God. It doesn't work that way. No, if you're going to be close to the Lord in this life, you've got to set yourself apart to the Lord. Do we all sin? Yes. Do we all struggle with sin? Yes. Do we all fail? Yes, we do. But you better be dealing with your sin and you better not be calculating sin into your life's game plan. Chastening is essential if we're going to partake in God's holiness. Last point, we're done. Chastening. Get this. Chastening will yield fruit in your life. Look at verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised, (laughs) chase a spanking exercise with God unto them which are exercised thereby. So, After the chastening, after it's over, you're a different person. While you're going through it, and God's holding you accountable for your actions because He's your father, you're His child, and He loves you, and He's not going to let you just get away with stuff. While you're going through it, it's, man, it's painful. And you do, you do say, Okay, I know why this is happening. I know what I've been doing or I know what I've been neglecting. I know I'm being chastened. But man, how come that guy does it all the time and nothing ever happens to him? While you're going through it, it's painful. But afterwards, you're changed. Chastening changes you. Ah, you want an illustration of it? Look, look again at yourself or your own children. You, you didn't like to discipline them. No parent that loves their child wants to do anything that causes their children to cry. But when it's over, they're different. Now, there are periods, and every parent will attest to this, there are definitely periods where you go, I don't think I'm getting through! <laughs> but long term, Long-term, he's changing. She's changing. They're growing. They're maturing. And there does come a time when they say, Mom, Dad, thank you. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for following through. And we ought to say to our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for keeping me in line. Thank you for conviction. Thank you for doing things that let me know that you're my father and I'm your child and you love me. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of chastening. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to identify with the help of your...